Uh, hi, I'm Steve. Uh, this is my wife, Dina, of uh, over 40 years now of uh, happy marriage. Uh, we retired in 2012 and started coming to Hilton Head Island, uh, really uh, coming into the 2000s, but started coming a lot um, as we prepared for retirement. And in 2008, we engaged with this church and have been uh, growing that engagement ever since. And I'm not sure if it was uh, Pastor Todd or Cynthia that said, to be a part, you have to do your part. And that really resonated with us and we realized uh, that coming on Sundays and hoping to hold a cup of coffee and engage that way would be meaningful to us and it went well beyond that. And as soon as we started committing to uh, attending the many activities, uh, we started meeting more people and all of a sudden we blinked and we were hooked much deeper than what we had even dreamed of being hooked. Yes, and as a matter of fact, we even started our own small group which has now grown into a much larger group. We started out with uh, three couples, and now we have over we have about 20 people in our group that meet at our house every other Tuesday. It's a lot of fun. It's, it's everything. Quite honestly, between uh, the church family and the connections in the community, it's been a retirement changer. We had planned um, that our major time spent during retirement would be Atlanta, Georgia, and it's, it's turned out to be Hilton Head. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. When people ask us, uh, we kind of both ponder and then look at each other and say, it's the church. It's the first thing that we say. I think one of the things that's really exciting right now going into 2018 uh, is the early talk about the All In campaign. The places this church is looking to grow within our community, uh, the things that this church is talking about doing is going to grow our global missions global and the missions. global mm -hmm. uh, mission opportunities is mm -hmm. huge. The opportunity to help the people of Belize, the kids of Belize, the uh, spreading the word of Jesus Christ in Belize is just a phenomenal opportunity. And then the vision that this church is starting to share about how we can grow uh, as a family by growing our facilities and improving our facilities has just given me a lot of excitement. Dina and I were called to tithe um, several years ago. Mm -hmm. uh, we felt immediately as we got that calling after some word from a pastor that it was the right thing to do and that mm -hmm. it could be a life changer for us, and it was. Mm -hmm. um, we did not realize how much more joyful our life would be when we committed to tithe biblically. It's all his. It seems the, the more we give, the more <clears throat> joyful life we have. Yeah. It's a, it's a wonderful feeling. It is. The reason we give to our church is of all the opportunity on this island, it's just phenomenal. We've had people come in and talk to us recently from Sandalwood. We do uh, VIM. We do all kinds of things on this island. It's the easiest thing for us to do is to give. We try and be obedient to the call to be generous. Mm -hmm. uh, the things that help Hilton Head Island Community Church is doing, uh, even past the local that Dina talked about, uh, the dedication we have to No Hungry Children and the work that's being done there in Nairobi is just phenomenal. Uh, the connectivity to that young family that's doing that is so strong, uh, that's exciting. Uh, the Row Kids in Belize uh, is just a huge opportunity and we know our generosity to this church is just not for the bricks and mortar of the growth of the church, but it's growing our church family and it's growing our church family's outreach. It's powerful.
think that one of the reasons I love the testimony of, of Steve and Dina Donovan is, is because it shows so many facets of what's going on in the life of Hilton Head Island Community Church. It, it demonstrates just kind of like across the board what, what's happening. And one of the things that Steve, you probably picked up on it, is super passionate about is what's going on in Belize. And Steve uh, went down uh, with myself and, and one other uh, down to Belize as we're beginning to really expand what God, we believe that God has done in the past, what he's going to do in the future with our partnership down there with uh, Row Kids, Reaching Our World Kids. And uh, Steve went down with us and he's helped. He's helping kind of fashion that partnership and shape that partnership. And uh, I, I want to let you know that uh, we've got a trip coming up this summer. I'm going to be going on it. And actually, my son, Sean, is going to be going on his first missions trip. And uh, we've got uh, two different teams on, on one trip. We're taking a group of students. Uh, and then uh, the rest of us. How about that? Is that nice? Students and then the rest of us. So uh, anyway, I want to encourage you to, to be praying about uh, God if he's leading you to maybe uh, go down to Belize. When we go down there, we, uh, we go to a fairly large city called San Ignacio, but um, it's really the outskirts of San Ignacio in the villages uh, where we often miss, and it's those villages that we have found um, that God is using us the most. And so we're in the village, uh, one of them is called Billy White. Isn't that a great Belizean name? Billy White, the village of Billy White, and then we've got another village that we uh, have been ministering there. Uh, it's called San Ignacio, and uh, or sorry, San Marcos. And so we're in San Marcos and Billy White, and they're pretty close to each other. And so I've mentioned before we've been talking about partnering with another church down there to start a church in Billy White and some of the surrounding villages. But this team will go down and we'll work uh, in these two villages, villages over the course of a week. And uh, what we do there is uh, we hold a, a vacation Bible school there in some of the schools. Uh, we do some soccer ministry, which is a great way to do ministry in Central America. We uh, put on a little soccer clinic and uh, reach the kids there. And then uh, we will do some light um, construction and landscaping projects. So uh, here's what you can do. You can stop landscaping at your house for a week and go down in Belize and do it. So I think that's a great idea right in the middle of the summer. Uh, for more information on that, uh, you can go to hiltonheadislandcc.org slash Belize. It's a $100 deposit uh, that's due by March the 1st, and the trip is June 23 through 30. And I want to encourage you, if God is maybe leading you to be a part of this, to jump on it now because we only have 21 spots uh, available. And uh, so I want to encourage you to be a part of that trip if God is calling you to do that. Now, I also want to encourage you on this. For those of you who give uh, to Hilton Head Island Community Church, know that every time you give a dollar, a dime of that dollar goes uh, towards these different missions organizations, both globally, as we have one in Belize, we have one in Nairobi, Kenya, with no hungry children, and we have one at Georgia State University through the Navigators. And so, uh, and then we have 15 partners here locally that we support. And uh, so know that every time you give, you're giving uh, a portion of it goes to some of those partners that we have both here and uh, around the world. And so I'm so excited about uh, the partnerships that God 
has allowed us to be a part of, and I'm looking forward to the future of what he's going to do. Now today, we're going to dive into God's Word as we continue in the series called All In. Uh, But before we do that, I want to pray. And I want to pray for God's blessing on the next few minutes together and on All In. But I want to pray for uh, the people of the Fort Lauderdale area down in Florida, in in, uh, not Plantation, uh, but Parkland. And uh, so if you would join me in a word of prayer to pray for the victims and their families and the people down in Florida. And let's just pray that God would bring peace to our schools. Father God, we just come to you right now and we thank you for the opportunity that we as a church have in partnering with these different partners, both globally and here in our community. And God, we thank you for that opportunity. God, I pray that you would fill every one of those 21 spots uh, down in Belize. God, I pray that you would um, just do what you want to do. And right now, if you're prompting people to, to make that trip, I pray that you would give them the courage to go online and sign up and be a part of that coming up this June. And Father God, right now, I just pray for the people who were affected by the shooting um, there in Parkland, Florida. God, I pray for the people in that area of South Florida, in the Fort Lauderdale area and beyond. God, I pray that you would bring peace and comfort to the victims and their families. God, to those who survived this terrible ordeal. And God, I pray that you would bring peace right now to our schools. God, I pray for the protection of our students everywhere. God, I pray for the protection of our schools here in Hilton Head and in Beaufort County, across our state and across our nation. Father, I pray that you would prompt people who might think of doing such a disastrous, horrible, evil thing. God, I pray that you would help them to stop and seek help. God, I pray for those who have been affected in years past, And God, I pray for those who are affected this week. And I pray that you, in the midst of the chaos of all of these shootings and tragedies in our schools, Father God, I pray that your name would somehow be made known and that people would turn to you for their help and their salvation in the midst of this. And God, I pray right now as we dive into All In that your Holy Spirit would lead us and you would guide us into the truth of your word And may you prompt us to change as a result. God, may you pierce our hearts. May you change our minds. And God, may you be with the way that we think and our attitudes about money and about finances. Be with us now as we dive in. And I pray all this in the strong and mighty and powerful name above all names, Jesus. Amen. 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 Today, we are continuing in this five-week series called All In, which is not just a five-week series. It is a five-week series, plus it is a two-year generosity initiative. And uh, I've had a few of you over the past few weeks uh, ask me, wow, Pastor, why would you spend five weeks talking about money and finances and stewardship? And I totally understand that question. It is not because it's a great marketing strategy. Trust me, all right? Uh, I get that. Uh, It is not because um, that's something that, like, pastors love to do, okay? But God's Word has more to say about this than anything else. 
I was uh, sharing with the last service in uh, our student ministry on Wednesday nights. We break up into small groups, and I had a group of uh, middle school guys, and uh, we were talking about this. And I said, you know, guys, it's actually, like, very difficult to search God's Word and ignore his teaching on possessions and money and stewardship. It's, it's very difficult to do that because it is everywhere. And it reveals so much about our relationship with God. It reveals so much of our spiritual journey. And it is vitally important to our spiritual walk that we seek out God's word and that we discover what he says and so this is a series that is really meant to kind of stretch all of us, maybe to prompt us to search God's word deeper and look a little bit further into what he says about money and possessions. And over the course of these next five weeks or the, the past uh, three weeks and these next two weeks, my prayer is, is that all of us would be involved in All In. In fact, that's the first goal with All In is, is that we have 100% participation. Uh, that we have all of you uh, who are a part of this over the next five weeks and the next two years. And so the second one is financial in nature. And that some of you have heard that. Some of you have read online. And you can go to All In on our website to see all the details. HiltonHeadIslandCC.org slash All In to see all the details about what we're doing. All In is a uh, two-year generosity initiative that covers, here's a really cool thing, it covers our operating budget for two years. Um, and that's all in for the mission, all in for the mission of the church. It covers uh, our, some of our capital projects that we believe are important for the future of our church, all in for the future of Hilton Head Island Community Church paying off this mortgage, being able to build a lobby right on the front here to be able to um, you know, be more welcoming uh, to people when they come in and so you don't get blinded when you go out uh, the door on a nice sunny day. Um, and then uh, also the possibility of acquiring Building B, which uh, is right out here in the front. And today, for the first time, we've got a little floor plan of that. And you can see how we intend to utilize Building B primarily as a community center to have a place where we organize uh, uh, you know, different, uh, different projects for our community um, and, and, and to be able to store, have storage for some of our community partners. In fact, um, we found out this week that um, the thing that is keeping Hilton Head Island from being able to feed uh, many of the hungry children here, right here in our community through Backpack Buddies, is storage. Can you believe that? It's simply storage. And so we can be a part with that building because we are out of storage here. In fact, we're really over capacity in storage here. If we were able to acquire that building, then we could provide ample storage just for Backpack Buddies alone and probably for many, other, uh, many uh, of our other partners. And uh, so I want to see that building used for, for, for that, for our community, and to be a place that's uh, a, a really a shining light for this community, for the gospel message. And so some of you have wondered, why are we doing this? Man, that's why we're doing it. But I got to tell you, church, that um, if we don't take care of our mortgage here, um, and take care of that. I think that's the highest importance thing that we need to do. We need to take care of that so that God will allow us to be able to do all these other things. And I don't know about you. There are some days when my faith is stretched on this. There are some days when I doubt, but God is in charge. And it's a total of $3.7 million. And saying that out loud sounds so incredibly impossible. But with God, all things are possible. 
And so today I want to look at what that means for us, and and we're going to continue in the series. Um, These last two weeks, we've kind of uh, busted up some common myths that we have about money and finances. And so in week two, we learned that practicing generosity is founded upon the belief that God owns it all. It's the myth of ownership, because sometimes we have this belief that whatever is ours is truly ours, or whatever we earn is ours or whatever we have the potential to earn is ours. But the truth is, is that God owns it all. The second myth that we busted up is really the myth about more, and we learned last week that generosity is fueled when God and what he provides is enough. Today, we're going to look at the the really the myth of um, excuse, or the myth of I can't afford to be generous. And trust me, everyone in this room has been there before. Whether it's sitting in church and you, you kind of talk yourself into the fact that you can't be generous, or whether it's in line at the grocery store and they ask you if you wanted to put your name on a piece of paper to be able to sponsor someone somewhere, we talk ourselves into the myth that we can't be generous. And the foundational problem with that is is that we really don't think that um, the resources that we have are really going to matter. We don't think that we have enough resources. And, and I want to talk about three or uh, four different problems that stem from, from that one. The first one is this. We don't properly steward the income that God has provided. You see, we talk ourselves into this idea that we can't be generous when we don't like steward and and manage well the resources that he's given us in the first place. Now, now this myth is probably the one that actually is most true, and it's probably this problem is this problem is probably the one that's the most true. But I got to tell you, church, this is the one that's most easily overcome. Of the four problems that I'm going to point out to you today in regards to this myth, this is the one, it's probably the most common, it's probably the one that is like most true and and real, and I get it, but it's also probably the one that's most easily overcome. Because when we don't steward well, according to God's word, the resources that he's given us, the earnings that he's allowed us to have or allows us to have in the future, um, we're really missing this idea that we then can be generous with our money and what he's provided. And so poor stewardship does lead to the truth that we can't afford to give, but it's a myth in the fact that we have the opportunity to steward well what he's given us. I remember um, when Cynthia and I were first married. We've been married for 23 years this coming summer. And uh, when we were first married, I was in sales. And I was a salesman. And I had a draw. I don't know if any of you have ever been on a draw commission. It's the worst thing in the world. Because you basically don't get, well, you get paid. But you have to pay your company back from the commission that you earn for a period of time. It stinks. It's awful. Anyway. And so uh, I was on full commission and a draw commission. And there were times when I thought, man, I don't know if, if we can even give. And the problem was is that we were actually like not stewarding well the resources that he was giving us in the first place. And so I want to encourage you, if you're here today and um, you kind of find yourself like using this as the problem and the excuse that you can't be generous, I want to encourage you to be a part of Financial Peace University. 
starts March 11th. Um, it runs eight weeks from March 11th. Uh, we'll miss a few weeks in there for a variety of different things, but um, it's a new session that begins 6 to 8 p.m. on Sunday nights. And, and I, I know that some of you are, are, here's what you're thinking. You're like, Todd, um, financial peace, that's an oxymoron. Those two things do not go together. There's no way that that word and that word can go together. Um, but trust me from my own experience, there can be peace in finances. It's just learning what God's word has to say about it. And Dave Ramsey's created an excellent resource that's entertaining and interesting. And we've got some great leaders for that. And it'll take place right here. You can go to hiltonheadislandcc.org slash FPU to register for that. Register for that. And I want to encourage you to do just that. So that you can get your financial life in order. So that you can bust the myth, I can't afford to be generous. The second problem is that we don't consider the stored resources that God has provided for us. Sometimes when we talk about money and giving and generosity or when we're talking about this whole idea of tithing, and I realize that some of you are here today and maybe through all in, you've been challenged by God to tithe for the first time. Uh, and that's great. And man, if that's the lesson that all of us learn, then God will do amazing things in our midst. It'll be incredible what he does if we all begin to tie. That would be incredible. But sometimes all we think about when it comes to generosity and giving is just the income that we have. We don't consider the stored resources that God may have uh, given us years ago that right now are sitting in our attics or in our driveways or in a tub in storage. Or I would say basement, but basement's here. You're just going to find water. So uh, not basements, but like there may be things in your life and in your family's life that mean nothing to you right now. And God very well may lead you to liquidate one of those stored resources to be able to give back to God because it can better be used for his purpose than it can just sitting there collecting dust and perhaps rust. And remember, it's all God's anyway. And so sometimes we make up in our minds that we can't be generous because we don't consider stored resources that God has provided. The third problem that we have is that we're not willing to part with more of what God has provided in the first place. Like we may have that thing that we know if we liquidate or sell or, or you know, perhaps give away and God will use it, but we just don't want to give it up. It's like the great golf clubs I have that are in my attic. Actually, they're sitting out in the garage right now. And I could probably sell them and make a little bit of money on them, but they're the ones that I used in eighth grade, so I don't want to do that, right? That's what I'm talking about. Like if I just could get over my affection for that one thing, Man, what could God use, even if it's a little bit of money, even if I used it for his, especially when I use it for his purpose, he could use it in a, in a miraculous, amazing way. But we're just so enamored with our stuff, aren't we? I love a quote I read years ago. It, uh, the source was anonymous, but it, it read this way. It said, the only reason a great, Amer a great many American families don't own an elephant is that they've never been offered an elephant, elephant for a dollar down and easy weekly payments. <laughs> Ouch, kind of hurts, doesn't it? We just love our stuff, don't we? And I'm right there with you. I'm right there with you. We love our stuff, but maybe God wants to do something radical 
with the stuff that we have in our possession. And then finally, the problem is, is that we think that our contribution won't matter. We think that what we have won't matter. And I'm here to tell you today that it doesn't matter where you are on the financial scale in terms of your wealth or lack thereof. The little that God is calling you to give can make a huge difference for kingdom work. The story I told you just a few minutes ago when Cynthia and I were, were newly married and um, I just didn't really think that our little bit mattered. And I'd get those commission checks and some months they were so incredibly small. And, and, and I remember thinking, what can God use with you know, just a small amount of money? What can, or what can he do with just a small amount of money? That's not a limiting factor on my income. See, I was trying to make it personal. I was trying to make it all about me. I'm a guy. I do that sometimes. And so I was thinking, man, like that's, that's like, you know, something limiting about me. That kind of belief is a limiting thought about God. And I realized over time that that once pulled away revealed a lot about my theology, about what I believe about God. And when we think that he can't use the little bit that we have to offer, man, we're putting God in a box, aren't we? The truth is, is that we all can find ways to be generous with the resources that God has given us. We just have to try. We just have to look. I love there's a couple passages in Scripture that I want to point out today that really, really drive home uh, some of these principles and, and this particular truth that we, we all have a way to give back to God. The first one, and most familiar, is found in Mark chapter 12. 41 through 44, and even if you're maybe not a church-going person, maybe you've heard the story of the widow's mite, but I love how Mark, the gospel writer, records this story. You see, Jesus is at the temple, and um, he's at the temple, and he is watching what's going on at the temple, and, and here we'll pick up the story in verse 41. And Jesus sat down opposite the treasury and watched the people putting money into the offering box. Now, just stop there for a second. Imagine if like we had Jesus sitting over there by some of these boxes. That's a lot of pressure, isn't it? Like Jesus is sitting there kind of watching what's going on. Like in my mind, in my little like pea brain mind, I have like pictured this thought of Jesus sitting there going, you know, like that. Come on, come on, up, up, higher, higher. You know, I don't think he probably did that. But anyway, um, it, says, it goes on to say that many rich people came in and put in large sums of money. And in verse 42, we see things begin to change. A poor wood, widow came and put in two small copper coins, which made a penny. And he, Jesus, called the disciples to him and said to them, truly, I say to you, this poor widow has put in more than all of those who are contributing to the offering box. For they all contributed out of their what? Abundance. But she, out of her what? Poverty. And then look at what he says next. In everything. Because she's put in everything that she had. All she had to live on. She was the one that got Jesus' attention. And she gave in the smallest amount. Because for Jesus, it wasn't about the amount. It was about the sacrifice. For him, it wasn't about all these who were wealthy coming in. And man, that was great. And that helped 
further the kingdom of God and it will continue to help further the kingdom of God. But what Jesus got excited about is the one who had nothing and gave all that she had to his work. That's when he called his disciples and said, let me tell you what generosity is all about. I love that picture. I absolutely love that picture. And then there's another passage, and there's a totally different passage in Acts 4. Um, Luke is writing here. He's continuing the gospel of Luke in the book of Acts, talking about the first church. And um, we read part of this two weeks ago. I want to read the whole thing again, verse 32 through 37. Now the full number of those who believed were of one heart and one soul, and no one said that any of these things had belonged to him was his own. They, understand, they understood the concept that God owns it all. But they had everything in common. And with great power, the apostles were giving their testimony to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and great grace was upon them all. There was not a needy person among them, for as many as were owners of land or houses, say that next word with me, they what? They sold them. They sold them and brought the proceeds of what was sold and laid it at the apostles' feet, and it was distributed to each as any had need. And as a good writer does, he gave a great example here. He says this in verse 36. Thus Joseph, who is also called uh, by the apostle Barnabas, which means son of encouragement, a Levite, a native of Cyprus, sold a field that belonged to him and brought the money and laid it at the apostles' feet. And some of you are going to get in the car today and you're going to go to lunch. You're going to be like, hey, I think what Todd said there is we're supposed to sell our house and everything that we own and give it to the church. That's not what I'm asking you to do. That's not even what God is asking you to do, I don't believe, unless he asks you to do that. Because that's the whole point, is that we need to be open and willing to do what he is asking us to do with the resources that he has given to us in the first place. And I think there's a few lessons that we can learn from these two examples. The first is this. It's the level of our sacrifice rather than the level of our gift that brings the most pleasure to God. You get that? It's the level of our sacrifice, not of the gift itself, that brings the most pleasure to God. The widow and what she brought into the temple that day demonstrated how incredibly pleased God was with her gift. No, but with her sacrifice. Because she gave out of what she didn't have. And then I think the second lesson that we can learn is, is that our willingness uh, to surrender future comfort, security, and happiness reveals our real attitude about generosity. And that's hard for me to accept, but it's true. And I think the story about Joseph and those first, the people who made up the first church demonstrates that. They were willing to sell something that perhaps gave them future security all because they were so passionate about the spread of the gospel. And I don't know if you noticed there, but already what was happening is they were seeing powerful things that were happening in and through them because they were committed to talking about the resurrection of Jesus. But then God worked in their hearts and they began to sell some of the things that they had. They began to liquidate what they had to be able 
to give to the gospel. And that leads to the third lesson that we, I think, can learn. We stretch our level of generosity when we're willing to liquidate meaningful assets to God's purpose. And I believe that if we have the attitude and the mindset that it's all God's in the first place, that like we should steward it to the best of our abilities and then surrender it whatever amount it is, God can do miraculous things in and through us. And not only will his church benefit, not only will the community benefit, not only will some of those kids benefit here, there, and over there, but you will grow in your faith walk. That's what All In really is all about. Listen, I want to let you know this. I I have full faith that God's going to provide exactly what we as a church need to accomplish what he wants us to do. The power is in him, but he is going to use you and me to accomplish his purpose. And that's where we need to invite God in. That's where we need to invite his Holy Spirit in to work on us. And that's kind of the take home for today is is that next Sunday, um, we as a church, uh, whether you're a member or regular attender, um, it's Commitment Sunday for all in. It's kind of where the rubber meets the road, if you will. And next Sunday, I'm going to ask you to um, bring back in the commitment card. Uh, you were handed a commitment card today as you walked in. If you didn't get one for whatever reason, you can get it on your way out at our all-in station or ask someone at guest services to give you one. Um, this commitment card is really going to set the tone and set the course for the next two years in terms of what we are able to accomplish as a church. And I know that Cynthia and I have been praying about our card, and uh, we, along with many of the other leaders, elders, staff members in our all-in team last Sunday night in our commitment and worship night, um, we all went ahead and gave these first. And and we were able to, after praying about it, uh, give them. And so that's what we're asking you to do is to next week come prepared with these commitment cards. And I want to take just a second to walk through it because what this is, it's, it's not a commitment just above what you're already giving. It actually includes what you're already giving. And that actually makes that total of $3.7 million not feel so daunting. It actually kind of breaks it down. That first line there is is what you, whether you're single or whether you're uh, married uh, or whether you have a family, what you or we normally give in one year. That is what you have been giving the last year or two years or however many years you've been a part of Hilton Head Island Community Church. By the way, if you have any question about that, you can go online and check out your level of giving and you just write that number there. Let's assume for a moment. We'll use $1,000 for that example. Let's say that you normally give $1,000 in a year, and that may be a portion of a tenth, or, you know, it may be tenth. Um, So you give $1,000. You would add to what your expanded generosity for all in is. Maybe God's leading you to give just a little bit more out of your income. Or maybe he's really asking you for the first time to trust him with 10%. And so maybe some of you um, would put $1,000 in that first line and add a second thousand for that uh, you know, expanded gift, an, an extra $1,000 in a year, and that adds up to $2,000 in one year. And then we'll ask you to multiply it times two and to put that total over there, and uh, that would be $4,000 over two years. 
But let's say um, you have something that you know has been collecting dust in your house. Or let's say you have, you know, a little extra money that was a windfall from a few years ago or whatever the case may be. And you feel like God may be leading you to liquidate that and to give it as a part of your commitment. You would write that on that line that's over uh, on the far side there where it says, my or our gifts from stored resources, a stock, real estate savings, whatever the case may be. And let's say you did $1,000. If you put $1,000, that would be a total to your commitment of $5,000. And all of a sudden, man, it's starting to add up, isn't it? You can see how your commitment will make an impact. And all of a sudden, man, God does amazing things in and through the life of Hilton Head Island Community Church. So I'm going to ask you to take these home and to pray about it. We very, very rarely do anything like this in the life of our church. But this Hilton Head Island Community Church is an important couple years. And I believe that this will set us up for the next decade and beyond. And so I'm asking for everyone who's a part of our church uh, to go ahead and fill this out. Even if you, you don't feel like God's leading you to do anything more that you're, than you're doing, go ahead and fill this out and bring it in next week as we have Commitment Sunday and we're all going to commit to what God is doing for all in. A few weeks ago, we learned that practicing generosity is founded on the belief that God owns it all. Last week, we learned that generosity is fueled when God and what he wants or what he provides is enough. This week... I want you to know this, bottom line, is that we are going to be known as generous people when we're willing to use any available resource to practice generosity. That's what it's all about. It really begins to peel the layers out. And I believe that God is absolutely going to do amazing things in our midst, but it's going to take us finding out where we are and what can we do for him that's more than we already are doing. Would you pray with me this morning? And as I begin to pray, Gino, I know, is going to come up here. And if you're here today, and, boy, you've got something in your life that you're like, Todd, this thing is preventing me from even hearing some of the things that you're talking about. I just don't, I just can't get over this one thing. Whether it's a financial difficulty or a personal difficulty or uh, um, it may be a sickness, it may be a relationship, and you want to be prayed with and prayed for. Um, Scott Mackay is going to be down at the cross here along with Jim, one of our elders. Um, they're going to be down here at the cross to your right. I'm going to be down here on the other side of the stage. If you want prayer this morning, I want to encourage you to come down and let us pray for you. Um, God, I just pray right now that you would just be with everyone in this room, God, for people at every end of the spectrum in their finances. God, there is no scale for you. There's no line for you. There's no graph. God, you're not interested in how much we can give. You're interested in our heart's attitude. You're interested, God, in what we're willing to sacrifice. You're, willing, you're, you're interested in what we're willing to let go to see your gospel message furthered around this community, around our region, our state, and our world. And God, as we are on the eve of um, really dreaming and, and having big, bold vision on what you can do, God, I pray that we individually and as a church would move forward with great wisdom 
God, that we would move forward really on our knees asking what you want us to do and that you would also just go before us and give us favor with what you want. God, I pray right now for anyone who has any barrier, God, in terms of you're calling them to tithe and they're just fearful. They're overwhelmed. They feel like they're, they're sinking already. How in the world could you ask them to tithe? If they're here today and there's a relationship need or a physical need that's preventing them from doing what you're asking them to do financially, if there's something that they know is, is going to get in the way of them attending financial peace, God, I pray that you would give them the courage to come and talk to someone about it, that you would give them the ability to, to overcome that because of their faith in you, because of their reliance on you, Father God. And I pray that you would do the amazing things in and through your church. God, I pray for 100% participation. I pray that you would raise all the money. But God, I pray that you would speak to our hearts more than anything else, that you would change us. That for many in here, this is the beginning of a renewed spiritual journey with you. God, be with us in those moments of doubt and despair and discouragement. Help us when we feel like we're going under. God, I pray that we would rely on you for everything in our future. And I ask this and pray all this in the strong name of Jesus. Amen.